0: Welcome to Trady Avant-Garde Podcast, this is show number 53 and it's great to have you join us. My name's John Warren and my very good mate Ashley Ralphs here. Welcome, Ashley. JW, great to be here. Now, we're still powering through the push-up challenge, uh, getting towards the end of it actually now, aren't
1: we? We are. We've only got a few more days to go and easy day today, 75. We've knocked those out early this morning, JW, I see on the leaderboard. You were first up this morning, so well
0: done. Yeah, well look, I do have that half hour, half an hour advantage over you, of course, being in Sydney, so that's, uh, I use that to my maximum. But it's amazing, I struggled through 10 at the start of this challenge and thought, what have I got myself in for? But mm. it's amazing how you can build up that resilience and, uh, and that little bit of strength over the time, so it's been a great exercise. Hey Ash, some other really amazing news. You know how uh, we talked to Chloe a few months back and it inspired me maybe have a think about the way I was looking and I, yeah. I told you I hit the 100. Yep. Well, we're seven, uh, nearly seven weeks into that change, and obviously Chloe and the team at um, Health and Performance Collective, some of the, the things they share with me to, to change my diet and maybe think a bit differently about uh, what I was up to, um, I weighed in at 88.9. Bloody hell. weight model. Unbelievable, isn't it? Hey,
1: eh? Well, I think a whole new lot of innovative trainers merch now to fit you.
0: Yeah, well, look, I've been checking um, Dan Murphy's shares have obviously clearly gone down quite a bit at that time. BWS aren't happy and Lickland are looking out for me, but, but I haven't missed that part of it. As much as you would maybe think, so it's it's been pretty good. It's still on that journey, so and obviously the push up challenge has been really excellent, not just for the body but for the mind. So, pretty cool. And some other interesting news. Your part of the world, yeah. Tell our listeners uh, where you live and what uh, what they've come up with.
1: Most livable city in Australia, third in the world. How good is that? It's amazing. It is. It is. It is. Uh, look, everyone knows. Adelaide's an easy place to live. It might not have, you know, it certainly hasn't got anything Melbourne and Sydney and, and probably Brisbane have got in the, the hype, but it is very easy to live in, even though I was complaining this morning to you about all the road routes that are, that are going on at the moment. We seem to be doing every street corner to catch up, but um, yeah, it's good. I think it's good for, uh, you know, a, a little town like Adelaide to get such a, an accolade um, to be the most livable, I don't know how they rate it or what they do, but um, to get that and and be you know shot into the spotlight is uh, is good. It's really good.
0: Look, it is and it is a beautiful city. I mean, if you compare Sydney Harbour to sort of that seven hundred metre long river that you have in the middle of town, I mean, it's you can sort of see why maybe it is the most livable city in the world. It it it's it, you know. There's no question.
1: It's easy living here in comparison. You know, with times of travel and, that. and that's why I said when we're held up for five minutes we complain in Adelaide you know no, nothing like getting held up for an hour though
0: you know in, in, in the eastern states so
1: now it's good but yeah we're really excited and uh, no doubt we'll be uh, we'll be living off that for a little while to come
0: yeah, well, congratulations to Adelaide and South Australia, and for those people who haven't had the chance to visit Adelaide, I'd certainly encourage it, it really is, it was a second home for, for many years, mm. and it is a beautiful city, uh, and plenty, mm. once you get up in the mountains and the, the vineyards and stuff, it's, it's a lovely part of the world. Absolutely. Hey, let's get on with today's show. Today, we have Cameron Brazizi. he's the General Manager of Acaro Group. Welcome, Cameron.
2: G'day, John, thanks for having me, Ashley.
0: Look, uh, thanks for, for joining us uh, today, Cameron. I had the pleasure of, uh, of joining you and, uh, and your lovely wife, Genevieve. Uh, a few weeks back, come over and visited the, uh, the office there, or really the complex that you've got going over there at Weatherall Park. It's an amazing setup.
2: Yeah, thanks, mate. Um, we've worked pretty hard to get it to this position, so uh, I'm glad it's, we always welcome that positive feedback. It's typically uh, the, the response that we get when we show people through the place.
0: Yeah, look, obviously, over the years, visited many, many, many small business offices and workshops, and I must say, I walked away, and I think I even said to you, on first impressions, it
2: is just unbelievable. I'm
0: not sure if you got any video on your website uh, touring around the, uh, the the office and workshops?
2: Not really, but uh, our uh, design studio is something that we're looking to put up online, something like a little bit of a 3D walkthrough where we're currently working on that but in terms of our warehouse we don't want anyone to see how clean we keep it because then everyone will keep up to speed (laughs) (laughs) well
0: it is it was fantastic and a a real credit to you and the and the whole team it was it was amazing and thanks for sharing that time with us when I I come over the other week hey maybe to get uh, things started for today Cameron can you uh, share with our listeners your story yours is a little bit different to to a lot particularly around that tradie piece can you can you share that with us
2: yeah well I guess I um, I started off at university, um, working in a pub in Kenley Heights for the better half of nearly four years while I was studying uh, business management at uh, Western Sydney University. I got a management uh, graduate role with an Australian construction company, enjoyed it, it was really good, learnt a lot, but I was working my weekends uh, with my father-in-law, who wasn't my father-in-law at the time, Sam Vaccaro. with Genevieve at a very young age and Sam had asked me if I wanted to do a bit of labouring on the weekends with him and I really enjoyed it. Uh, I enjoyed it that much that when I got married when I was 25 I asked him for a job. Yeah, and I asked him for an, uh, for an apprenticeship and he was gladly uh, obliging and that was ten years ago, nearly September, coming up to September. I did my time out in the field, I'm now a, a licensed electrician, I'm also a licensed friggy picked up as many qualifications as I can and due to some uh, circumstances that came up uh, within the family business uh, Sam offered me a position in the office which was completely undefined I've got a a business card with no title on it Um, I'll never forget he took me down to the uh, to the print shop and he said we've got to print you some business cards and I said okay what's my title and he said just make up whatever you want what do you want to be and I said, "Well, how about CEO?" And uh, <laughs> I said, "Look, I said, look, you know, I've got to earn a title in this place. So I, uh, I've got a blank. I had a blank business card. I've still got that blank business card framed, put away, to remind me that I've had to work hard to get to where I am." Hey, that's a
1: great story, Cam. I love the idea around not having a business card with a title. Um, I think the added pressure of a title sometimes uh, adds to it all, but. Um, you know, it's a good story to have that. You should frame that, man, and stick it on the wall and um, have people uh, asking what, what's going on because it's a ripping story. But from a from the general manager's seat now of Vacara Groups, a very large business, can you tell us what that role actually entails day to day? Like, what do you actually do every morning when you get to the office to when you leave sort of thing? Well,
2: the first thing obviously is coffee. <laughs> <laughs> and plenty of it. And John can tell you we've got some good coffee here. We've we've made sure we've invested it is. heavily it in is a good, good machine. <laughs> <laughs> Look, the day to day, obviously, it's my bus- My my position in the business is obviously more than just, I guess, a general manager's role. There's also a, a major part of that is business development, and also uh, working with my wife Genevieve in terms of. How we want to succeed the business, so a lot of that comes into strategy, uh, strategy and implementation. We're in the implementation phase of where we plan to be at the moment. So we have a, a business advisor, business coach in the um, in the background that that has guided us for the last better half of nearly th- just over three years. So Jen and I are both confined in. Uh, in uh, our business coach, I guess you could say heavily, and a lot of a lot of the strategy does come around meeting, I guess the current the current climate. I guess uh, we are predominantly a, a builders uh, contractor, mm. so we do electrical and air conditioning for for mainly new homes, new builders. So it's just a matter of make, trying to make our processes match theirs. You know, digitising uh, our business operating system is something that we've been working very hard to implement for the last uh, three years. It's it's a business operating system that's been custom made around our processes. So as opposed to, you know, purchasing a, a business management system where you have to change your processes to match the system, we were fortunate that our IT consultant was able to build something around the way that we, we operate, which really hasn't changed too much, you know, in terms of say, roughing, commissions, fit offs, uh, or not in that order, but across both our entities, we've been able to develop a software that now focuses on total business integration between the two entities. And that's something that you know, we're working on daily. In regards, can we just delve a little bit deeper
1: in regards to the coaching? Um, yep. When did you make that decision to, to bring someone into the business to, you, know, you said three years ago, but obviously it doesn't happen overnight, like those sort of decisions. Um, and what was the catalyst of you sitting down with Genevieve I I'm imagining and, and and maybe seeing that point and saying well, that's where I think we need to what we need to do to take us further
2: well when I came into the office as, as I said before I, I didn't have a title and I I had uh, seen that my father-in-law and mother-in-law had got the business to a position that was that was basically there via sheer determination and hard work and I was sort of coming from obviously a, a more Corporatized, I guess business where there was a little bit more structure in terms of how how things were done and that obviously was something that I felt I could bring to this business but I couldn't do it alone so my wife Genevieve who was working for Australian Industry Group at the time as a senior policy advisor made a pretty big decision probably the biggest decision of, of both our lives to come over and help me take this business to the next level so to do to succeed the business obviously we needed one a change agent and somebody to be almost like a mediator between the owners Sam and Rose and Genevieve and I so you've got obviously a younger mindset coming through with a traditional mindset in a business it's not always easy to to explain that things need to be changed or done or even you know as, as hard as it is that you know people with the business may have to move on as well so When you bring in a business advisor, which we were recommended uh, through our accountant, we were able to have almost like a mediator in between the in-laws and ourselves.
0: I think this is what makes it such an interesting story. Like you mentioned, obviously, Sam, your your father-in-law has built up this this very strong uh, brand, the uh, Vaccaro Group, over many years. And um, and I've known your father-in-law, Sam, for many years uh, in my times with Clipsil, and uh, an amazing business person in his own right. And, of course, he was um, very good mates with a friend of ours, Brian McMillan, that, that we both know well. Unfortunately, we lost Brian yeah. far too yeah. early. And it was very hard to get Sam's business because Brian uh, did such a good job and in those days was working for HBM. And... Uh, as you know, we were lucky enough to get him to move across from HBM to Clipsal through GB Gary Bennett, uh, back in the day. And I spent many years working with Brian with Clipsal, and we, we shared a lot of passions. Um, not so much the smoking. He loved the smoke, uh, but he certainly, <laughs> he loved the beer and he loved the bet. Yeah. Uh, and particularly those two passions, we got on like a house on fire. But, yeah. but I know he was very important to, to Sam and the Focaro group.
2: Especially, I mean, when I came into the business, Brian was always around. Um, you know, he had the uh, can-do attitude. He many a times would go to the uh, warehouse and get get the stock if we couldn't get it from the wholesaler. And he just he just had a way of working things out, you know, real old-school style of uh, doing things. But Brian also used to join us. Um, we got him coming to the soccer a lot, coming to a lot of the A-league games with us. And he was great company. Like you said, we could have a beer and a chat. And he was just a gentleman to um, to to work with, and it was it was more than just a somebody that we worked with. He was also a very good friend of, of ours, and a very dear friend of Sam's. And I think you know, when when you've got people like that that come around and they stick around, it's it's sort of testament to the uh, to the man that Sam is as well. Yeah. So losing losing brian early was was very difficult because i guess we we always expected in his retirement that he would be around having having a cup of coffee with us in the morning but uh life can be cruel but uh, we're also blessed that we got to meet a person like that no he
0: was like you said he was a gentleman and he's just a beautiful man and uh yeah we do miss him Hey, look, moving uh, back into the business part, you talked about uh, almost that collision, if you like, of uh, the traditional mindset of uh, Sam and your mother-in-law and the successful business they build up. And then, of course, this uh, this new or fresher mindset that both you and Genevieve bring into the business um, yeah. coming from different experiences, obviously a degree in business in your case. and. And Genevieve, with a very strong legal background, is probably going to be—it's um, going to be interesting conversations when the four of you get together and trying to implement the change or some of the change you've talked about around, particularly around process and and, and digitising some of those functions. So, what have been some of the keys in that transition for you in making these changes that you've you've seen important for the direction and future of the Caro Group?
2: I guess look, at the end of the day it's all it all comes down to the results. So you know, we're we're over the hill now, we've we've had the struggle, we've 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 had you know, we've had the arguments, we've we've also celebrated some really good wins. I guess, you know, the difference between say, you know, I'd say Sam and Rose, you know, you're looking at people that are successful via instinct, you know, they've got an inst- an instinct in them that's that's a gift, you know, a gut feeling that has carried this business as far as it has and, and the relationships that Sam's made along the way of you know we, we still we still keeping very good contact with but I guess you know with Genevieve and myself coming into this business trying to to show a, a, a more I guess what would you say how would you explain it a more structured approach in terms of mm. how you define everything how you do de- like you, when things are in your head they're in your head try to put them onto paper and making them into a into a process that's that's probably a difficult thing so we have uh, we have engaged obviously some other external consultants so we're currently doing our iso accreditation which has also helped us to get a lot of that stuff out of people's heads and put that into processes or written mm. documents mm. so I guess we've we've definitely earned the trust from Sam and Rose now and also the trust of the team, the current team that's here. You know, they're excited. We're always investing in in, in their uh, in their skills and keeping them upskilled and, and giving them obviously things like our business operating system to make sure that, you know, they're they're up to speed with the way that the world is. Whether they're working here or somewhere else, they're gonna be of value to wherever they go and that will be a reflection of, of them working at the at Vicaro Group. Hey Ken, what about
1: technology coming into the business? You spoke earlier about your IT consultant has designed all your your systems to suit how you want to work with them, not trying to find a system that you can work with. What about technology to your employees? You know, is there is there technology you've introduced that helps them I don't know, you could be as basic as doing their time sheets every week or communicating with the office or job cards or you know, that sort of technology is there is, is yeah. things there
2: that you've done? Yeah, definitely Ash. We've um, we've also, we, we use Deputy for our timesheets. So that's, uh, the guys do that with their phones. They log, they log on, they log off. This is the field staff. Uh, that's been really good. They also can, it's got a newsfeed on it as well where the guys can upload almost like a, a, a social media wall where the guys can upload issues that they've got on site or they can just generally chat with each other in regards to any sort of issues or things that keep coming up so it's encouraged that part of the uh, that part of the business has has grown because we've encouraged the guys to communicate with each other put it this way every young guy these every every business owner has a problem with young guys on their phones so <laughs> so if you if they can use your portal if they can use your portal to communicate well, at least you're getting, it's a win-win situation. But we've also got, uh, we use Reveal Fleetmatics to uh, GPS locate where our vans are, which means that we can get to issues quicker. You know, if we've got an issue somewhere, uh, we can see what vans are around, and it's obviously an efficient way of saving in costs and time uh, by Mm -hmm. diverting a van into that location. But other than that, I mean, we're we're currently uh, rolling out some Rolling out iPads to site so the guys can access plans remotely. Uh, also, they can access their their swims remotely and and, and sign on sheets. And also, two uh, material safety data sheets will be readily available on that. So we're really looking to um, not completely go paperless because we still like to have the uh, the paper copy of the jo- of of the plan on site where we the, where the guys can and draw measurements on. But um, other than that, we're becoming quite heavily digitized
1: and that's that's the way the future mother and we, and we know that's the way you need to go and yeah. and lots of going hey just uh you mentioned gps's and this one really interests me yep. and you talk about the efficiencies because you know oh there's a van around the corner i'll quickly send him around to a breakdown yeah how did the how did the guys go when you first introduced that in regards to thinking you were just checking up on them
2: look you, yeah that's that's a difficult one. I guess it all, it comes down to the culture of the place and I guess at the time when I came in we sort of had, we had some work to do in terms of uh, getting the culture to where where Genevieve and I saw it fit. So generally you're always going to get the bad apples in the bunch will be the first ones to complain. The ones that just get about their day don't really care. I think once people realize that you're not using it to spy on them I think I think being a business manager, you haven't really got the time to just spy on people. If you had that sort of time available to you, I don't think you'd be, <laughs> wa- I think you'd be wasting it looking at a looking at a map with a with a van location. But also too, it it sort of puts a bit of responsibility on the on the uh, on the employee that you've given a van to. You know, it's there was a point in time I think where some people thought having a van was a right, but it's it's a privilege. So. Mm. It means that, you know, the, go- the guys realise that we use it for, for work reasons. It's not something that we ring them up and and, and say, uh, what are you doing in that location? I mean, if, if it's 12 o'clock at night and the van's in a... <laughs> in a <laughs> somewhere where it shouldn't be, you know, we might ring it to find out that the van's not upside down. But um, other than that, look, I think we've had it now for over five years and it was, at the start, it was a bit of a pain point, but now the guys, are they're, they're fine with it.
0: Cameron, Innovative Traders clubs about simplify, modernize, and digitize, and what you've just described, I think sums it up perfectly. What you've already done is really that ambition we have for a lot of trading businesses to embrace exactly what uh, you and Vaccaro Group have, have embraced and implemented to, to get a different outcome for your business. So congratulations and, and really well done on that, and I hope others listening will sort of be able to take that on board but of course the more important part of business is around people and people really the ones that get things done and obviously the challenge you have in that transition of embracing the technology and utilizing it is is one thing and sort of guiding them in the right direction and training them but on that in your experience what are some of the the real keys to keeping the team sort of engaged focused and motivated
2: well that's a good question I think that sort of comes back to investing in in yourselves like investing back into the company I think sort of you know some guys that you you speak to that are starting out they've got this idea that you know they want to retain all the profits and 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 not sort of put it back into the business which obviously is is not something that's going to work so you know we we invest back into our team um, whether it be some of our some of our guys want to you know enhance their uh, their fields or enhance their qualifications. So you know, we encourage them uh, to go and seek further education. You know, we've had guys that have left us to go do university degrees that, uh, in one way or another, we still do business with together. But also to um, promoting within is something, or even uh, job creation in in some instances where we've been able to look into the uh, look into the team and see whose strengths. Whose strengths allow for us to create some sort of uh, an opportunity or a, a role within our business where they can champion or chair? So we've we've got, I guess, being a family business, people do feel um, that level of family comfort, I guess, and, and belonging. And it's an open door policy here, so we all interact and 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 speak to each other freely. But I think offering opportunities for People's personal development is something that we seem to find is very encouraging,
0: and and it is a family business, and it I must say it really felt like that too when I had the opportunity to come and visit uh, you and Genevieve. It straight away felt like uh, like a family, and just yeah. the, the interaction with people it was just a just a nice place to be. So again, credit to you and the team.
2: Well, we've had we've had some guys that have been here for twenty years, fifteen years. Um, our current. Operations managers have both come up through the ranks as uh, electricians and, and air conditioning installers, and and that just just shows that um, you know their tenure obviously shows that the respect that they've got for the company, uh, especially for Sam and Rose, and and the trust that they've got in Genevieve and I. So, yeah.
0: Look, that is uh, that's a really nice segue, I must say, and. Uh and talking about people that have been there for a long time would typically reflect that there has been a very good culture in the business that the people like that, and, and because of that culture, stick around. Yeah. Can you maybe uh, you talked about obviously a lot of change that you have have implemented, and I suppose that of people, everyone's a little bit different. Can you talk to us a little bit about culture and why culture is so important to, to to you, Genevieve and Vaccaro Group?
2: Well. I- I guess, you know, you spend a majority of your life at work and if the place if your place of employment is not somewhere where you feel comfortable, you're not gonna get the best out of anybody. If if people are counting down the hours of the day while they're working for you, it's just obviously an indication that you've got a you've got a major problem. So when Jen and I came into the business the, 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 the culture was was quite um, not reflective of, of Sam and Rose's Salmon Rose's um, idea of what their business should be. And it can be difficult when you've got people that have been here for a long time trying to change the way that you interact or, or do business internally. So I guess going back to our, our business advisor, you know, it's getting an outsider to come in and, and, and assess uh, and be that mediator in between helps you to I guess make some th- difficult decisions. and. Not everybody is willing to change. I, I don't know if you've ever experienced anything like that working where you've worked, but when when certain individuals are bringing down the team, and you've got some really good people, like, do you want to sacrifice five people for one person? It's that's yeah. sort of the the equations that you've got to you've got to look at. So um, the culture of the culture is is in my opinion, it's everything. In Genevieve's opinion, she would also agree. Speaking for her, I would say that she would also believe that because this is where we come to work too. This is, this is our family. Like, this is our family business. So we want to make sure that we're feeling good as well. And if we're feeling good, we believe that, you know, the employees also will get the benefit of that. That's, uh, it just rings out
1: true, mate, in regards to, you know, not always is everyone on the right or the same path as you want to no. head. And, and, and some people do have trouble with change, and they need to work through that themselves. And like you said, you just sometimes, unfortunately... Um, they need to go on to newer things that might suit where they want to be or where they think the business needs to go, and uh, and then you guys are left to then get on with it. So, but from a, um, we know you've got a unique model in your business in regards to bringing, um, uh, you know, investment in bringing value to your clients. Uh, can you tell us about what this means or how you do it through your business? Yeah, like I guess was- the
2: first thing that we needed to do is define the business like what is it that we want to do in terms of succeeding and Sam has serviced Sam and Rose have serviced the, the home builders uh, segment for over 35 years so Genevieve and I said why would we want to change that like we are defined uh, the company is defined so where we were sort of uh, you know, maybe lacking in some areas was probably in terms of our, our service side of things You know, we had a great business a great business model but we didn't want to compete on price we didn't want to have a race to the bottom so we we've, we've we've heavily invested in like we said new technologies new technologies in our business what sets us apart from the other guys what makes us what makes us uh, a, a little bit different obviously what is our point of difference so i guess not all builders are always looking at the bottom line when it comes to things like this they want to make sure that you can service the work we're we're more I guess we're a project management company as well. You know, we, we, we are managing the, the undergrounds, the metering and connections, the alarms, the electrical and the air conditioning. So we're, we're taking a big chunk of responsibility for the builders, which, you know, many people, are, there's many people out there that can do that. But I guess where we've, where we've got our advantage is in our, in our systems and processes. So it, it allows us to be much more efficient you know, we're not going out there and, and trying to win jobs on price. We're winning them on, on, our, on our merits and our, and our uh, ability to, to deliver on time.
0: Cameron, we saw recently that your business was recognised in the local area for the contribution that uh, as a small business you made for, for many, many years to that weather or park sort of area. Can you tell us more a little bit about uh, how that came about?
2: Yeah, so we were approached, uh, or Genevieve was approached by the uh, the local local paper, the Fairfield Champion, to see if we were interested in telling our story or telling Sam's story, mainly Sam and Rosa's story. Um, it's it's it was a good opportunity for us to uh, let let the community know that it's a you know a thirty a thirty six year old business that's being succeeded by um, uh, the daughter of Sam and and me, the son-in-law, and it just gave a bit of a spill in terms of. You know where where we're at, and hopefully, like I've said before, you know, we, we Jen and I want to be here to put the seventy-year badge on the building. So, this is probably just the uh, the start of that in terms of the community, in, in terms of what the community, what we wanted the community to know.
0: Yeah, look, it was a great story, and and also recently, uh, Clipsal. I mean, they had the hundred-year celebration, and Ash and I spent uh, many years. I had twenty-five years with Clipsal, so a yeah. big you what? Know, well, a quarter of that time with the Clipsal brand, and of course, uh, Clipsil had you showcasing the things that uh, that you and Vicaro Group have been doing. Uh, tell us a little bit more about uh, how that come about.
2: Yeah, we were we were lucky to um, to be a part of that. Um, I guess we've got a can-do attitude, I suppose, and you know you don't knock back these types of opportunities. So from that, you know, we've had some some uh, pretty good things come our way. Clipsall, you know is, is, a, is a brand. the brand equity is, is something that you, you cannot uh, turn your back on. I mean I won't get into mentioning too many names, but the people that work there, they're, they're almost like an extension of our family. So as you know, John, it's a, we're like a little cafe here. You can come in at any time and have a chat. <laughs> and, and we open that up not just to our, like our builders network but also to our, our, our friends in business. So has definitely become a, a, a friend in business and we've almost, like Sam himself and, and myself, you know, we feel like we're ambassadors of the brand. You know, we support it, we, we install it, we exclusively only uh, install it for our builders. So um, I guess it was just their way of giving back to us in a way that we were able to tell our story to the community.
1: It's always nice when we hear of businesses that are getting recognised, but especially from their own industry, I think it's really exciting. And and Clipsal and the Vicaro Group's relationship, as we talked about, is you know thirty five years old. Or you know, it's just been uh, it's been uh, one of you know probably the, one of the longest serving. I think from a Clipsal point of view, so I think it's exciting. Like I said, to get uh, recognised, by and then to tell your story that way, I think it's it, it's good for the industry, um, not only for you guys, but it's good for the whole industry. Yeah. Uh, just in regards, we've talked a lot about culture and team and getting the right team, and, and, and we enjoy talking about that because it is so important. What about bringing the team together, mate? Do you do that? You know, is this something you do regularly? I mean, everyone knows you've got to do your, you know, your toolbox meetings and there's requirements for um, those. But what about outside of coming together from a work point of view? Do you have a you know a social club? Do you, do you get them together just to you know sort of enjoy each other's company?
2: And yeah, look, we, we we try to put you know barbecues on where we can. I mean, I think sometimes life does get the better of us. But but you know our team is is uh, they're a very tight knit team. They a lot of the guys here are friends outside of work. They they uh, they fish together. Some of them some of them play soccer together. Some of them probably hang out at nightclubs all weekend and come to work pretty uh, seedy on a Monday. But. <laughs> <laughs> but that's all age appropriate I guess. I mean, I never did nothing like that, but uh... <laughs> this weekend. <laughs> but a lot a lot of the guys here, they look they 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 are from the community. They all do live pretty close by. A lot of them have gone to school together also, so a lot of them know each other before they've come to work here you know we, we we do our best i mean last week we put the we've got our home theater here so we put a, a game on from the euro and um i invited a few guys to come before work you know put a, a couple of bacon and egg rolls and coffees and whatnot and you know we we don't mind doing things like that i think um, the times that we're in at the moment have sort of limited mm-hmm. to limit us to what we can do but i guess as we start to you know, go forward and see the the importance of human interaction, especially when we've been isolated for so long, you know, it's something that we, we we're looking to do more of.
0: Cameron, in this tradey tale session you've already shared so much, so thank you for that. But maybe as we start to wrap up, can you tell our listeners what's the best piece of advice that you could give those other tradies out there that are trying to make their way? What what's some of that advice you might give them?
2: Well it's Probably the best advice I've heard recently is, is that there's no growth in comfort. Yeah, so whether you're opening a business or succeeding a business, look, I believe you're probably never in a state of comfort, and this could be both negative and positive. It's probably negative because of the fear of the unknown and failure, but positive because being in this state uh, comes discovery and opportunity. So yeah, there's definitely no growth in comfort.
0: Yeah, that's, that's a pretty powerful saying. That comfort zone is a nice place to be. But in business, of course, there's a lot of risk to staying stagnant. And yeah. and right through the theme of today, you've really touched on the need for change, to do things differently tomorrow than we've done yesterday, to, to keep relevant to your customers, to keep relevant to the market, yep. to, to even keep relevant to your people, which which obviously is so important to you. Definitely. So, Cameron, look, thank you very much for, for sharing all you have today. Uh, we really do love that piece, particularly around that sort of digitise and modernise and simplify. You, you and the Vicara Group have done a lot of work, or you and Genevieve have introduced a lot of, a lot of change in that space. And I know from the conversation we had, you're enjoying the benefits of the pain of that transition but but on yeah. the other side of it now it really is making big impacts and and delivering better outcomes for your customers which is ultimately the, the reason you would do that to, to deliver a better offer and service to the, to the people that matter the people that pay the bills for you so correct that's correct. a great outcome and and you and, can
2: you can gauge that i mean you could look on our on our product review and if you look in terms of where we were a few years ago to now you can easily see just by looking at our product review that we've gone from a one star in some instances to now nothing less than a five star and that's that's what we've heavily focused on, yeah, is delivering a good product and a, and a fantastic service and ultimately a really good experience with the company.
0: And the other thing I did notice Cameron is your investment in stock, I mean essentially you're like a distributor or wholesaler in your own right. And, and sometimes the business model needs to be that way to ensure that your end customer gets the right service at the right time, which is That's right. an important part of your model. Look, there's yeah. so much that we haven't been able to talk about today in the short time, and I'm sure we'll get you back. And I know that uh, we're very keen to, to get Genevieve on the show as well, she comes with a whole different perspective, and uh, particularly around the operations of the business. So we might be able to dig a bit deeper. She's definitely this.
2: the brains. Definitely the brains of the business. <laughs> no, you're
0: you're a wise man. When she hears that, uh, she'll be looking after you, no doubt. So very clever and good advice for others. Be good, be good to your partners in business. It's uh, it's it's worth That's it. That's for sure.
2: That's
0: for sure. All right, mate. Well, look, thank you very much for for sharing your time today. Uh, It really has been a pleasure and a great story. And I'm sure that uh, when... When the borders are fully open, I don't know if they're closed at the moment, but uh, I'll bring Ash over to try out that coffee because it's it's the yeah. best in Wetherill Park, is, oh. is my opinion.
2: <laughs> I'm thinking we have to go to Adelaide. It's pretty livable there, I hear.
0: <laughs> Good idea. We'll, we'll go and see Ash. Yeah, maybe have some red wines up in the up in the. Hills Oi, now right we're me, lovely.
2: Sounds great. All right. Thanks cheers. for having me, Ashley and John. Thank you guys. Thank you yep. very much.
0: Our pleasure, Cameron. So, cheers, cheers, Ash. That's it. Show number 53 is done. So, whether in the Ute, the van, the side shed, the office, or maybe thinking about growing your business. We thank you for sharing your time today on Trading Avant Garde. Until next time, stay safe, stay well, and speak with
2: you soon.